Hey there, welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast with Pastor John and Sam. How's it going, John? I'm doing well, other than it being about 15 degrees below zero, it feels like. It is so cold in Michigan right now. It is freezing. What warms our heart, number one, Jesus. <laughs> number two, the Lions. The Lions. Have broken their bad streak. They so, have. go Lions. I didn't realize that you were such a big Lions fan. I am. Okay. I am. Like I've been low key over okay. the years. You know, I didn't get my hopes up, but now yeah. it's it's worth it. So yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Enough of that. Let's get to our question here. Um, here's our question: How do we help people with mental health disorders? Now, this is a this is a big question. This is going to take longer than just one episode. So this will be part one. We'll break this into two. Okay. Yeah. And so listen this week, and then you can listen to the follow up next week. Perfect. So the thing I would say right away is that we are not experts in mental health mm-hmm. and we're not trained psychologists, psychiatrists. We're not the kind of people who have been trained in these fields or these areas. So what we're going to share with you in the next couple of episodes, hopefully it will be a help to you, but it doesn't take the place of true professional help. Right. So I just want to be clear in that. Okay. And so what I want to do in today's episode is I want to give to you two extreme approaches and how dangerous they both can be. And then we'll look at some considerations of a mental health issue and what that looks like. And really some of the experiences that I've had with mental health issues over the years with people, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so then in the following episode, then we'll talk about what can we do. And there's seven steps that I'm going to give to you in that episode. Okay, so first of all, extreme approach number one is when we take the approach that mental health uh, disorders don't exist. All you need is Jesus, right? I've seen this before with uh, Christians and churches that will say, well, all you need is more of the Bible. All you need to do is obey the Bible. All you need to do is be in church. All you need to do is sing the hymns. All you need to do, I mean, and the list goes on and on and on of things that we do, things that are important. And I would say that that is just a dangerous way to approach this, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, again, people say, just read the Bible, you'll be fine. Apply the Bible, you'll be fine. And there's a lot of truth to that. But I think of when Jesus was growing, the Bible talks about, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. Mm -hmm. And so there's a balance to the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical development of a person. That's how God designed us. And even Jesus and his humanity develop in these areas according to the will of the Father. So. When you say just read the Bible, uh, that's kind of a trite thing to say. It's kind of a... Um, it's almost like a cop-out, right? It's, it's almost like a cop-out. And it, it honestly, it can be offensive to the person who is struggling. Now, please understand the Bible is the only rule of faith and practice in our lives. So I'm not downplaying the Bible. Matter of fact, we really elevate the Bible here at Emmanuel. But I do want to be very careful that we don't just tell people, well, just go read your Bible, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, some Sometimes this falls into different Christian approaches as well, where we're anti-medication, we're anti-counseling, we're anti-psychology. And I would say that that's, that is an extreme mentality that is not healthy or beneficial. That's the wrong approach to take, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I think it is important at times to have medication. I think it is important at times, of course, to have counseling. I think it is important at times to look at the psychology that is involved in a person's life, okay? So the first approach that is an extreme approach that we would say is the wrong approach is when people say, well, mental health issues, they really don't exist. You just need more of Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. Now we all need more of Jesus, but you understand where I'm going with that. Yeah. 
Okay, the second extreme approach is when we when we say, well, you know what, the best way to handle mental health issues is just to medicate, it's just to put through counseling, it's just to figure out the psychology of a situation. So right now you might be hearing this and thinking, well, you just said a minute ago that that's important. No, what I said is, is that these are two extremes, right? right? The first extreme is that mental health issues don't exist and all you need is the Bible, all you need is Jesus. The second extreme is when we take the approach of we're going to over-medicate, we're going to over-counsel and, and psychoanalyze and all these things, okay? And so we got to be careful of that, right? Over-medicating, over-analyzing, over-counseling. And what I mean by over-counseling is I mean like a self-help approach, right? We're going to look at, in a practical sense, how you can help a person. But a lot of times, uh, the extreme of this is it's void of the Word of God, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is also an extreme mentality that is not healthy or beneficial. I think when we look at something like mental health, we have to find the balance. And we know that the Word of God is life-changing. We also know that God created us to think. God also created us to have emotions. God also created us um, with all sorts of backgrounds and things like that, which leads me into the considerations of a mental health issue, okay? Mm -hmm. So the first one is background, okay? Uh, when you think of a person's background, we all have different backgrounds. We all came from a different family. We all came from a socioeconomic background. Mm. Some of us came from very wealthy backgrounds. Some of us came from very poor backgrounds. Some of us came from backgrounds where there were gunshots at night and we were always living in constant fear for our lives. Some of us grew up in backgrounds where we had great neighborhoods with great families and great support, okay? And we all have different experiences as well. Uh, some of those experiences have been very beneficial. Some of those experiences have been detrimental. So we're talking about the backgrounds and it's really important again, just to think through that family, socioeconomic, experiences, but then it leads us into present culture. So you're thinking about a person's original background and all their experiences. And now you think about a person's present culture and some present cultures are abusive. Mm. Some present cultures are very antagonistic, sometimes abusive in the sense of like children and their parents, sometimes in a relationship between a husband and a wife. Uh, sometimes there's just a culture of very uh, much antagonism taking place in the family. And so sometimes it's a loveless culture, you know, no one's positive, no one's encouraging. I mean, I grew up in a family where my mom and dad said to each other all the time that they loved each other mm -hmm. and they demonstrated it. And then my dad, I mean, maybe it's cause I'm Italian, right? But like <laughs> my dad was always kissing on me mm -hmm. even as a boy. And so there was a lot of love in our family. Uh, sometimes it's an intention list culture. I've known people before that have felt abused, not because they were emotionally or mentally or sexually abused, but they were abused because they were ignored. Just neglect. Neglect. Yeah. yeah, they felt like they were neglected. Sometimes it's the present culture of going through a tragedy, right? You've experienced loss. I mean, some young people experience loss at a very, very young age. And you know, I remember in my own life, I really didn't experience loss until I was older. And so then when I experienced it, at an older age, I was probably ready to cope with it more than, you know, I, I'm, I've sat at different high schools when I was a youth pastor and I would give counseling 
to these teenagers whose friends just committed suicide. Oh, yeah. I mean, and how yeah. do you handle something like that mentally? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's almost impossible. And so sometimes it's a tragedy. Sometimes it's a matter of acceptance, especially in the areas of teenagers where they're just not well accepted because of their looks or their abilities or their, again, socioeconomic status or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so they're in a bad place mentally because they feel like they're unaccepted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, these days, people who are different from us, we tend to not want to deal with them. We tend to want to just shun them or we, you know, we think we have enough of our own problems. So I'm not going to deal with this person, but that's not what Jesus did. He was the one that went and looked for these down and outers. He was giving them hope. So should we be giving these people hope? Should we be going down to their level and, and meeting them where they're at instead of looking down on them? Yeah, I think that's a really, really important thing that you're bringing up because I think it's easy just to avoid people like that or to be frustrated with people like that. Mm. And so the fact of the matter is, you know, Jesus took the time to eat with sinners. Jesus took the time to encourage people that were struggling. I, I think of different examples in the Bible. I think of the, the woman that when Jesus was in the crowd had the blood disorder mm -hmm. and she was so worried about what people would think and, and what Jesus would think that she just simply went behind him and touched him because she knew the power of Jesus could heal her. Yep. But she had such a, in a sense, a bad mental health state that she wasn't willing just to talk to him. Right. And remember, Jesus stops and calls her out in a loving way. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of funny because Jesus says, well, who touched me? Because he <laughs> felt power leave him. Yeah. And um, the disciples were kind of like, almost like, well, Jesus, come on. I mean, you're in a crowd. You're like, in a crowd, yeah. right? A lot of people touched you. But Jesus made the point to call her out. And she very reluctantly admitted then that she had touched him. And Jesus called her out for her faith. He actually praises right. her. Right. So he took the opportunity to lift her up when she was in a bad place mentally. And so we need to do the same thing with people. We need to encourage people. When someone's struggling mentally, we shouldn't, you know, it's easy to just look at people and say, well, buck up, just figure it out, you know, toughen mm -hmm. up, you know. But the fact of the matter is everybody has a different background. Everybody has a different um, level of experiences in their life. And I think it really is important. And I went to a leadership conference years ago. We talked about this a lot. The idea of getting in the well and understanding where people are at, hearing their hearts. And I think it's important for us to be willing to do that because people are going through so many things. And it's easy for us just to assume because we see it on social media all the time because everyone's perfect, right? Their lives are perfect. Their <laughs> pictures are perfect. Their kids are perfect. Well, we know the truth, right? That's, that's all false. It's all false. Yeah. It's not real. It's one-sided. So, yeah. It's one-sided. And so we have to take, instead of looking at social media and thinking, well, everyone's perfect, we need to instead look at social media and think everyone's a mess <laughs> and realize like everyone's a mess. We're all and I'm a mess. Yeah. And, and you're a mess. And I'm a mess. And, yeah. You know, and we do that all yeah. the time in church, right? I have people, you know, say to the person on the right of you, you have issues. The person on the left of you, you have issues. Now the kind of three, let's say it together. I, have, I issues. have issues. Yeah. We do that all the time because we remind ourselves that we're broken before God. And so when my mindset is that I'm broken, then I can look at people that are broken and I'm going to have a desire to help the broken person. Mm -hmm. And this is a really important thing. It's really important that we have the right mindset with someone who's struggling with mental health, because there's a lot of factors that maybe we haven't had to go through in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have grace yeah. and show that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's another consideration. So we talked about the background of a person. We talked about the present culture of a person. 
Again, the background, we're talking about family, socioeconomic status. We're talking about experiences. Um, in the present culture, it could be abusive, antagonistic, loveless, attentionless. There could be tragedies that that person has dealt with that we have no clue about. Um, there could be an acceptance issue with others in that person's life. And then the third thing is psychological. And this is where I'm not an expert. I can't, I mean, the other two areas I can speak to a lot because mm -hmm. I've dealt with a lot of teenagers over the years and adults, even over the years that have struggled in these areas. Right. But when it comes to psychological, this is just not me, mm -hmm. but I do understand that there is a, a psychological element to this. All right. Sometimes it's generational. We know that God spoke to Israel about generational sins mm -hmm. and there is a generational aspect of it. Some people are born in a situation where they have they have certain propensities to do evil different than other people now i you know it's again i'm not an expert in this okay and i don't want to get into trying to be dogmatic about it but i do know that some people struggle with generational things i in my family on a smaller level anger is a challenge right mm. my dad told me years ago john you have to break the curse in the scally men the scally family because my grandfather had a temper, my dad had a temper, and he was trying to encourage me to break that mm -hmm. trend, that cycle. And I'll be honest, it was really hard, and I don't know that I did. Okay. It was challenging, right? So you have the generational aspect of psychology. You have the experiential aspect of it, and this goes back to background at some level. People are all shaped by their experiences. And then you have the hormonal aspect of it. And so these are all layers, and there's more to it than this as well. But when we're talking about mental health, I think the thing that I want to leave everyone with in this first um, episode, this two-parter, first of the two, is that it is really important for us to be kind and compassionate and to show grace towards someone who's struggling with mental health. Mm -hmm. and I think it's really, really important for us to get into the well, to hear the heart of the person and to figure out how we can help the person. And I think it's really important to push aside both extreme approaches. And the first one is just, well, you know, just buck up, get over it. Mental health doesn't, issues don't exist. You just need more of Jesus. Don't take that approach. And then number two, don't think that it's okay just to overdo it, over-medicate and over-analyze and over, you know, because sometimes with the over-analyzing, we can be like, well, you know, you're this way, you're always going to be this way. This is how your dad was, how your grandfather was. You can never overcome this. Now, we don't say that, but sometimes the counseling will lead in that direction. And that's wrong because we know that God can change anybody. Amen? Right, right. Don't want to pigeonhole somebody to yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do we help people with mental health issues? Try to understand, first of all, what the person's going through and um, be patient, be compassionate. And next week, we'll talk about some steps. I'm going to give you seven steps next week. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Pastor John. Thank you for listening today. And we hope you'll tune in next week to hear part two.